You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. Oh yeah, we're back. The Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Philip. Hey, I'm Ryan. Thanks for tuning in. If you don't know what we're doing, we're trying to get you to open up authentically, live an uncommon life, and get you out of your comfort zone. Today we have a guest. Can't wait to get involved and inside her head. Mm -hmm. Holy buckets. Uh, One of the most uncommon people that I know. Her name is the one and only Amy Boyd. Hey, Amy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm going to give her a bio because you don't know anything about her. I know a lot. Ryan doesn't know as much as I do. Excited to learn. So let me tell you. Uh, Amy is a mother of two daughters, 14 and 16 in and of itself. That's tough. Can't wait to talk or dive into that. One stepson married to the living, breathing superhero, Bart Boyd. Just going to give that a pause. A living, breathing superhero. Slow clap. Bart Boyd. Uh, they live in Polk City, currently running uh, a CrossFit in Ankeny, as well as BA Fitness, her own company. Because if that that's not... BA. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> awesome. Uh, she has the heart to serve people, is constantly encourage, encouraging others, has an amazing faith, and is a blessing to everyone she comes in contact with. Amy Boyd, holy buckets. Come on. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. This is your first podcast. Yeah, this, is, this is the first this annual the podcast. One. Dude, we're going viral after this. I guarantee you, <laughs> millions, an millions of downloads. <laughs> and I got the one. cool, like raspy mom, sports mom voice going on. So for sure, right? So, yeah, so I'll how do it. you juggle it all as a coach of a CrossFit? I have a feeling that you're really encouraging other people by probably yelling. And so, how do you have yes. that with children <laughs> and being married to a superhero? You probably are the biggest superhero. Right, right. You might be the superhero in the family. <laughs> I mean, let's be real, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot of, of balls up in the air, if you will, in my life. Like, we've got the part, like the full-time job thing. Yep. We got the part-time job thing with BA Fitness, which is my personal training business on the side. So I'm throwing right. people in my garage gym all the time. Okay. So that's yep. in addition to the full-time job. Right. And you got the mom of two teenagers, which is in itself a full-time job, I feel which like right uncommon. now. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the marriage thing is actually the blessing part of things. He and I are partners in everything, and we work really hard to balance each other out in that way. He tends to be like the calm in my storm. So mm. when things are a little bit crazy in life, he tends to be the one that brings things down, um, which is daily, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, little little nuts. But I think the, the how, how I balance all the balls up in the air right. at the same time is remember that they're not mine. So... Mm. I think when it comes to faith and it comes right. to grounding myself, I'm just reminding myself those are all blessings, but really the control isn't mine. Gosh. And I think when I try to control things is really when I start to fall apart. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And, yeah. and that's where I think that's probably not easy for you. Knowing that the control <laughs> in your life and your personality, like yeah. I feel like you are seem to be a little bit like me of like, hey, I like to control things. I or love. think think I'm in control of things. Amen. Yeah. I think that's where I probably fallen flat on my face and just right. had to learn from those moments of like, 
you know, the more I try to grasp onto things, the more right. that they uh, tend to fall apart. So, <laughs> yeah. And that's with teens. That's with job. That's yeah, with yeah, yeah. marriage. I mean, that's with everything. So, right. Yeah. So I want to talk about, cause before the show we talk surprising, I know, <laughs> but uh, you were telling us about parenting and like right now yeah. this season is tough. Wow. And so what I want to preface this before is like one of my good friends, Todd Wallace, shout out to Todd. He always says, Hey, it's amazing how God gives you incremental times to work on your grace with your kids when they're younger it's a lot smaller grace that you need to extend to your kids but he gives you an opportunity to grow that grace because by the time they're teenagers that grace has to be even bigger than ever yeah because their mistakes are bigger than ever Mm -hmm. and if you haven't flexed that grace muscle (laughs) at the beginning it turns out to be a hot mess at the end so i feel like you um, man, there's a lot to dive into, but like, I yeah. feel like you're in the stage of like the grace had to be grown. That muscle had to be flexed. Tell me how you're doing 16 and 14. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so we are like in the midst of just teen drama, I feel mm. like. And, uh, I was just telling these guys earlier when we had talked, but like, there's a terrifying part to having teenagers. And the terrifying part I feel like is when they were younger, it was like, Hey, don't do that. Cause you're going to skin your knee. Mm. You know, yep. and they skin their knee and then they learn. With teenagers, it's like big things. It's like, you know, be careful. Don't speed because you might die. Like, I mean, yes. the, the, the... Don't run on the pool. Pool, You might fall. The stakes are now higher. Yeah, yeah. Way higher. So high. You know, with the boyfriend thing that we've mm. got coming into play and uh, sharing of clothes, but you're not really sharing. You're just taking your sisters. <laughs> that was this morning. Part of the reason why my voice <laughs> is nice and raspy. Um, there's just... So many things that come at you at all times. And then all of a sudden you're sitting in the the Jeep. And last night my daughter asked me like a life question, you know, and you're at the end of the day and your tank's gone and you're like, dude, how I answer this question might change the path of her whole life, (laughs) but no pressure. pressure. I've had no sleep and let's go with it. Um, (laughs) So the grace you talk about, you know, I have to extend that. I feel like for not only my kids, but myself in this season and just say, I'm not going to be perfect in how I respond to things. There's going to be times when I lose my mind. And mm. I mean, part of the reason of the voice is, there you go. Like, right. there's moments where I've gone from a zero to a 10 um, and had to sit back in those moments and reflect, oh. obviously, afterwards and be like, shoot. I you messed know? that up. I really screwed that up. Right. Um, oh, and there's good. a lot of open transparency, I feel like, with teens that's really important on both ends. Like, yeah. I always want them talking to me. I want to know right. everything. Right. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the fact hard. fact that she asked the question is yeah. a right. huge blessing. A Absolutely. But then I also have to be transparent back and say, hey, I lost my mind. You know, I, I really right. went from a zero to a 10. I can see where you're coming from, but we need to meet in the middle here. And mom's, mom screwed up. So that's good. That's yeah. uncommon, folks. Yeah. Take note. Oh, man. <laughs> but then again, there, there's my husband who I can go, you know, OK, we need to talk this through like here's what happened. Here's how I responded. Like, what do I need to do now? And I think Gosh, that partnership has been really important. Yes. Too. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'll go back to this all the time. How do people do that alone? How do you no parent it alone? Like, it's just like nearly impossible for me to even comprehend what that is. I don't even know. And how do people do it without God? Because honestly, like yeah, it, I'm on my go. knees daily, <laughs> daily yeah, with right. my kids right now, right. just trying to do the right things and, and just be there for them. And try to also kind of uh, ground myself at the same time. Sure. So. Keep saying your words, Flo. Keep saying your Ooh. words. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I was going to ask Amy, so your daughter asking that big question yeah. that implies Do you that, care 
telling us what the oh. question was at least? Well, w- friendship drama. Uh-huh, and okay. I think kids at all ages go through that. Yes. But I think when you're older and like you have that betrayal from like someone you consider to be like a yeah. really good friend, mm-hmm. it's like, what do I do in this moment? Do I allow... So it, basically your question was like, do I kind of allow her to walk all over me right now? Mm. Do I approach her and talk to her about this? Or do, mm. I, do I let her go and just realize like my self-worth is bigger than this and I'll find somebody wow. else as a friend. And I think when they're trying to ground themselves in who they are as teenagers, they're always looking at other people, right? I, yeah. I want to be my own person, but really I just want to be like everybody else. Right. I want to fit in, be accepted. Yeah, yeah. And their identity becomes hugely a part of like the circle of people they're around. Mm. So when someone in that circle Good. betrays them, the way they respond to that, I feel like has pretty lifelong repercussions, sure. you know? Oh, right. And right. what I say matters in that moment, you know? Like, do I want to encourage my daughter to ask for forgiveness if she needs to ask for forgiveness? Do I want her to to grow from this and just kind of move on from this friendship? What do I want? Yeah. You know? And how involved <laughs> do I want to get? And how much do I want to let her figure this out on yeah. her own? All these things. And then, you know, I've got four hours of sleep last night, the night before. I just finished a full shift at work. It's 9 o'clock at night. We got to get home, get homework going, dinner going. All these things are spinning. And I'm like, oh, man. Stop. What do I say? Think. Yes. What right, do I say? Right. Big moment. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted your. Question. No, you're good. You're Sorry. good. Um, I, I was even going to ask. So for her to be in a place where she's even comfortable and willing to, because that's not something I would say probably most parents have mm-hmm. with, in their relationships with their teens. Yeah. How do you and your husband go about creating that environment of like psychological safety where they can know they can come to you and, and delve into these things and not be afraid of any repercussions or anything like that yeah i think another uncommon thing about me is my relationship with my ex-husband we've always been on team kids from day one um so even though the brokenness existed between the two of us it's not existed in our relationship and how we handle parenting that is very uncommon yeah yeah right so we talk a ton um and we parent very much in the same way and always make sure we're in the same step with the girls and one thing that we've always encouraged with them whether was when we were married or when we weren't was I want you to always feel comfortable coming to me and know that you won't be met with judgment you'll yeah. met with listening before anything mm-hmm. um and as a teens it's it's even warped into like if you call me if you think you're in a safe space you get there and you realize you're not you call me to say come get me here's the address no questions will be asked right. yeah. if you want to tell me what happened you can but I always just want them to know that mom and dad are a safe space to land mm-hmm. even though we're in different houses mm-hmm. so yeah. that language has been the same between him and i from the very beginning yeah so with the relationship with my husband yeah. obviously we all have that same language with the girls but i think because that foundation's existed for them it's really helped them out a lot yeah that's yeah. so cool because yeah if they were going to the other household and not experiencing that safety then I could see how when they come back to your home, maybe not feeling like they can do that, but the yeah. fact that you guys are on the same page and prioritizing your kids' well-being above whatever may have happened between you guys in the past is is super special. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely been great. And I think my mom and dad were the same way with me. I know they were. And they're actually the same way with their grandbabies. They live in Ankeny and they're always helping out. They're kind of like a second set of parents for us too. And mm. um, that language is the same with them too. So really throughout our entire family to just a lot of encouragement openness yeah even though as a parent sometimes those take a big gulp and you're like okay that just came out of her mouth do i really want to know (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's good okay so you've mentioned like just the divorce and the way that you guys have co-parented really well Mm -hmm. i want to talk about because i think 
this is super powerful, but how you and your current husband, Bart, have parented each other's kids. Because he has a son and you have daughters. So tell me, because like your daughters seem like they've been, they're they're in the teen years. Mm -hmm. If you've been it, you know it. I haven't, so you're getting I'm close, got, man. I'm so, getting yeah, close. Yeah, I'm like one on one crash course information yep. as you can <laughs> give. I'm right here. I feel like I'm not being encouraging. No, that you're fast, doing great. But, yeah. You're being honest. All right. So, but tell me, like, your role in Bart's son's life. Yeah. As as you were, you know, blending the two, and then how Bart now speaks into your girl's life. I just think that you do this in a beautiful way. So I just want to tip my hand here oh, and let you, you have some time to talk through that because that in and of itself is a dynamic that needs to be talked about. Yeah. And when you're doing it in an exceptional way in an uncommon way, I feel like you have to have some time to speak to that. So thank you. Yeah. I think so. Our kids were quite a bit younger, uh, lower elementary for my girls and then upper elementary for kale. When we blended families, I think the way that we went about blending our family maybe is a little bit uncommon in that we lived in the same complex apartment complex, but in different Mm. buildings and made sure that we integrated for things like meals Um, and hanging out after meals and just kind of tried to integrate the kids in a way that was still safe to go back to mom and dad, but Mm. still tried to kind of blend um, when we could and kind Mm -hmm. of get used to the the family dynamic that was upcoming. Right. Um, So I think that was a helpful like precursor to us getting married for the kids, just get to know each other and things like that. Um, But as far as the parenting goes, you know, Kale being in upper elementary and the girls being in lower elementary, we had our parenting style coming into it, you know, and I was mom and he was dad. And then I played the role of stepmom. All of a sudden he was stepdad. And the conversation Bart and I had at the very beginning was, you know, I will still be the authority and he'll still be the authority in his son's life. I'll still be the main authority in my daughter's lives. Um, We would support each other a hundred percent, be honest with each other in our parenting and, and be there as that person, that pillar for the other one. But as far as stepping in with the kids, um, it remained my resp- my main responsibility with the for girls and his main responsibility for, for his son. Right. Um, what it looked like for me as a stepmom was I love sports, right? And so Kale and I instantly could connect. We could go throw a football around. I remember the first time he sat in the car with me and he was looking straight ahead and he said, I need deodorant. And that was like a moment for us, you know, because I was like, he's being vulnerable <laughs> yes, with me yes. and he needs something for his armpits. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we went and got deodorant together. But being open with him to just right. being that person in right. his life, right. um, I didn't ever try to be his mom. Right. I never right. tried to play that role for him. I never called myself his mom. I just was there to play sports and get deodorant for him or whatever it was that he <laughs> right. needed. I remember one time so he had good. a buddy spend the night um, and they wanted to go to the grocery store and I took him to the grocery store in my pajamas. I mean, those were like moments I will remember wow. for the rest of my life because so he just good. trusted me and wanted to hang out with me. Right. Um, and we're still that way. Like I text him a lot. I remind him I'm a safe space for him. Like in high school, right. I reminded him a lot of that. Hey, if you're afraid to tell your dad something because he might blow up at you, like I'm here. I'm here. Right. I'm always here for you. Um, no matter what's going on with girls. That was a big thing for a while, you know, sports right. being tough. Mm-hmm. And then Bart's been that way with the girls then too. So I'm not your dad. I'll never be your dad. Your dad's awesome. He's he's a great parent for you, but I'm a safe space for you. Yep. Like you want to learn a wrestling and, and move? I care about Let's you. Let's go. Right. Yeah. I care about you. I care about you a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, and you need a ride somewhere. You need dinner. Like I'm your guy. I'm your guy. So and yeah, good. he's just that guy for them. And I think they know they always have that person in him. Right. I know they do. Right. You know? Yeah. So. And it's been interesting as you go through the teen years. Yeah. Like, and I'm good friends with Bart, full disclosure. 
but like how he needs sometimes to be like, yeah, like sometimes it's hard for me Ooh. to step back and not be the parent yes. in a situation, but be supportive of Amy in that. Like that's my biggest role. And he knows it so well, so much so that sometimes he has to bite his tongue of like, okay. Oh yeah. You, right. Because like we're human, we're humans and obviously you guys have a great marriage. So when something and, and teenage lash out, like it's, it's hard not to, but he does such a great job of like knowing his place. I'm going to encourage Amy. What do you need today? Do you need a bubble bath? I got you. You know, like, so what's a cool sacrificial servant way to go about in a marriage, right? Yeah. And And let's be real. Like your relationship with Bart and his relationship with God are the reason he's that person now. Oh, man. Because he was not that person. I mean, and and that's his story to tell, not mine. But (laughs) I would say the heart change that's happened in our marriage on his end has caused him to take that step back shut himself in the bedroom if he has to and say, right. babe, what do you need? Right. I'm here for you. Right. He's and a new creature for sure. Yeah. Right. And the fact that he can verbalize to me, hey, right now, like I'm angry. This sucks because you're having to deal with disrespect. I'm having to hear it and I can't react. Mm. Yes. Yeah. But the fact he's able to verbalize that and which then almost helps you even more. It's, like, it's amazing. It's like, man, you're in a healthy spot right now. Thank you. So like, healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I might not be right now. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And sometimes there's some guilt in that volatility on my yeah, side, you know, right, like right. I'm the up and down and you have to be that person right now. And I'm sorry you yeah. have to be that person, but right. he's doing it well. That's so good. He's crushing it. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. We've talked about marriage, talked about parenting. Yeah. Let's talk about your faith because yeah. that's something that one, I really respect of you, but also two, like you've been, you grew up and you can tell your story, Yeah. yeah. but you've always had this mind of serving and encouraging. And that, that's makes you an amazing individual, but also amazing coach. And so tell me kind of your, your background in the faith and how you came to who you are. And I feel like you're, you're running on all seven cylinders. If you will. <laughs> Um, so I just feel like you're, you, you've hit your stride. Yeah. God's using you in powerful ways, but tell us your story of your faith and, and that. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I grew up Lutheran, um, but I call it like Catholic light. I felt like, you know, mm. we had the green hymnal thing and the up and down thing. Sure and did. I was in the choir in the balcony as a kid, um, did the Wednesday night stuff. So grew up kind of with all the right mechanics in place. Not sure the heart thing was in place. And I think that wasn't by any fault of my parents by right. any means. Right. They did the right things. I think looking back on it, just the relationship, the relationship piece is just, you know, it was tough to find in that part of my life. And that was immaturity too. But I did grow up in it. Um, when my family moved into uh, Hope Lutheran Church, uh, my mom took on a role as adult ministry. Um, my dad took an active role in the church. And I think I started to see their relationship with God kind of shift to more of a relationship, if, if you will. Active. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, I was a teen going through what my daughters are going through now when, you know, your world is you and that is it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I made, you know, choices that teenagers do at that point in time. So, you know, evolving in my faith, I feel like really didn't happen until I kind of came into my own in college. Mm. Started to figure out like who I was, what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do with my life. And started to really feel like the leadership role thing coming yeah. out in my gifts. Right. Like, I'm okay with speaking in public. I have no problem with talking to random strangers. Um, Giving people feedback. Yeah. Right, and, right. and people follow me. And right. I don't know why, but they right. do. Right. And so I think I started to feel those gifts come out, started to feel my faith kind of develop at that age. Um, but got married super young and that obviously fell apart. And then with that, you know, came its challenges with faith as well, like, what does my life look like now? I thought I had this all figured out. Who is God and what what is happening? And does he forgive me for what is happening? Mm. So there was a lot of 
guilt and questions and just kind of reevaluating who I was at that point in my yeah. life too. So, right. So you kind of got the ebb and flow of, of faith all the way up until my mid twenties. Um, and then I got really involved. There was a church plant for hope, mm. um, that came to Ankeny and they wanted a children's ministry director. And literally what that looked like guys at first was like, okay, I have a newborn. I'm in this new marriage and, uh, they wanted someone to lead children's sermons. Like, Literally just stand up in the middle of church and like whatever kids came up, give a sermon. And I was like, me, oh, got, wow. it. got it. I yeah. can totally do that. Um, so throughout the children's ministry thing, which turned into like one Sunday school class, which turned into like, hey, let's hold VBS in a park and hope it doesn't rain. Like <laughs> through all of this, I saw, you know, my kids growing up in the faith, my kids following in this footstep of seeing me as a children's ministry leader. Mm. Um so that kind of also helped salvage me through the, the divorce thing. I think having that role in my life mm -hmm. through the church um, and having the kids see that mom was doing that, that part of her life fairly well. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of where everything went. And then, so after the divorce, I was actually asked to no longer help be part of children's ministry. And that was extremely hurtful. Mm, for sure. That was, a, that was probably a deep dive faith-wise like mm -hmm. I, and and mainly in my relationship with church in general like yeah, right mm, not sure i want to be a part of something where i'm asked to not be a leader this is hard mm -hmm. um so i took a big break from the church at that point in time kind of felt hurt with things and mm -hmm. then um shortly after met bart um and where our relationship started to where it is now is a god thing 100 mm -hmm. so i think uh, we were immature when we started uh, dating in probably our faith and just just in general, kind of where yeah. we were in life, still a little bit lost. <clears throat> he was coming off a divorce as well. So yeah, it took a long time in our lives for me to be honest with him and say like, church hurt me, but God loves me. And like, we need to figure this out because mm, there's mm. anger and there's just resentment. Yeah. Right, there were right. just things in our marriage that and trust even mm -hmm. that weren't pillars that needed to be pillars. And I felt like God was the reason why. Um, so we had some honest talks. We found Keystone church together and I think God took over from there. Like he came, I remember he came to church and he'd been to hope with me a few times before and hopes a fantastic church, but like right bus, wrong seat, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we just needed to find the right seat on the bus. And when we went to Keystone, that was the right seat on the bus for him. Yeah, and yeah. that was a great moment in our marriage where it was like, okay, I can take a deep breath. I feel safe at church. Yeah. I feel like God's going to be in the center of our relationship where he needs to be and save this relationship. And he did. Wow. Yeah. So we're here now. But I've been able to, to take some leadership positions at Keystone too, uh -huh. like with Children's Ministry. Funny story, Aaron Carlson that runs Children's Ministry used to be my craft lady at oh, hope wow. and, and she was like my full bbs circle, lady right? yeah full so circle. yeah it was a very much a full circle moment to see her in that role wow. which is awesome so yeah. yeah oh it's good yeah it is good it's definitely i think it's like most people's journey with anything it just up and downs yeah right yeah right definitely and there's the hurt that needs to be addressed yeah and like yeah. you know reconciliation and yeah. It's crazy how God does that yes. in different things like that. But still, he's, you know, obviously a center of your life. So Big time. it was really good recognition of like, hey, this was the church that hurt me, not my faith. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's amazing. It took a while to figure that out. And then to figure out like, hey, when God's not in the middle of my relationship with my kids and my husband, like life is really hard. Things start crumbling. It is hard. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I'd be curious to to know like what did it look like for you and Bart both to find Keystone, but then like 
even after experiencing that her like step back into community yeah. and kind of make yourself vulnerable yeah again. like wow the small group thing was like i'm not sure i want to do this yeah. because i this i've been hurt here before mm-hmm. um aaron and phil had us over for dinner and i think that was their way of weeding out people for a small group but for me it was a way of feeling comfortable and safely stepping into that environment so that was really big for me and to be honest at that point in time like bart's vulnerability tank was extremely low like i don't talk about emotions totally and i think the first few weeks even a small group i think he said maybe just a couple of words right but that's where we were in our relationship too Uh like we don't talk about feelings and we just don't talk much at all intimacy was just kind of we just not so much as survive yeah 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 We're co-parenting and married and we're doing our thing. Um, So yeah, stepping back into a small group situation was enormous. And it was God leading us to the right place, obviously, because Bart formed friendships that helped a lot with his growing into the maturity of our relationship. I did too. And then we came together in that way. Yeah. 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 It was interesting because, so we, from my perspective, right, we have Amy and Bart over for dinner and really just just wanted to get to know their story. Right. And uh, the full the full kind of circle of this is I knew Bart before Bart knew the Lord. And so I kind of had a glimpse behind the curtain mm-hmm. of how how encouraging Bart can be to one to an individual, but also like he wasn't funneling that through like a faith driven. Uh, so it was fun to be able to have him in our house seeing this full circle. And then and we talked and it wasn't it wasn't like he was opening up like crazy, mm-hmm. but it was just the fact that we just had somebody over for dinner and had conversation, um, <clears throat> which was great. And then when we invited them to our connection group, I remember telling Bart, like, hey, don't feel like you have to talk at all. Mm-hmm. Like, just be you, man. Like, yeah. and just experience what this could be. And I think that gave him the the flexibility or the strength to just be like, hey, it's okay to just not say anything. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that like all of a sudden I was like, now Bart, what do you think? Like, no, I was really okay with Bart being quiet. Uh, but then when Bart did say something, I remember like, dang. And now he's like a pillar or a staple <laughs> to that group. Yeah. And like the wisdom that comes out of Bart's mouth, I'm <laughs> like, holy cow. Like it is truly a new creation. Yeah, it really is. So is our relationship in many right. ways. Yeah, right. yeah. It's definitely... Definitely because like to edify what Bart was thinking and I think everybody else into like nobody really wants to like in theory step into something and be vulnerable like that doesn't feel great you know like that's not natural it's scary scary. Uh, but then once you do it you're kind of like wow I didn't even know I needed it now I'll never live without it Mm -hmm. yeah and to know that like broken people exist everywhere and we all have our background and we all have our story but we're all we're all saved. Mm-hmm. That was for the record. The reason moment. why we have people over for dinner is to make sure that they feel like they're broken. <laughs> like, cause the people who are like, I got it all figured out. Like yeah. our group is not for you. Like yeah, right. <laughs> we are all sinners broken and we're all trying to figure out together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so if you think that, you know, everything's great, like eh, might not be a good fit or like, what is your expectations here? Might not be a good fit for that. And so that's what we do. Anyway. We thought he was having us over to see if we were good at sports. <laughs> Did you I play knew some, that. Play some play spike ball? Or? <laughs> I, I, I've competed with Bart. We have this other oh, level yeah. that we like look at each other like, it's time now. Yeah. It's yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Next level. Game on. Game yeah. on. Right. right. So yeah, yeah, Amy, you've shared about your faith journey and then yeah. a little bit about your work with uh, CrossFit and then you're yep. in Bart's business, BA Fitness. I'd love to hear kind of how like the intersection of, of faith and work and great question. Even oh, yeah. just you being in front of people, like what does it look like to, to model your relationship with Christ to them? 
Yeah, I actually thought this question might come up and I thought a lot about it. But really, I think when it comes to physical fitness and then my spiritual health, like discipline, commitment, accountability, the things that we talk about and that I preach to my clients and my members all the time that matter to make things a consistent habit, which then creates a lifestyle like Mm. that applies to everything. Right. So I think when you're a disciplined person and you've created healthy habits in your life, um, that pours over in everything. So I start my day in the Bible. I have an mm. accountability partner who was part of our small group. She still is. Um, and Melissa and I, shout out to Melissa. We read two chapters a day. We talk to each other every morning. That's mm. awesome. Um, so that discipline, though, is the same discipline I ask of my members and that I try to model for my members with my physical fitness. Like right. I schedule my workouts. If you were to look at my calendar, it says workout when I'm going to work out. And you is, follow that thing. And I follow that thing because that matters to my oh, well-being. Gosh. And it's part of my lifestyle. It's not even, it's like brushing my teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think so much of our growth, Bart and I as a couple, and then my growth spiritually, individually, has to do with mm. discipline, commitment, and accountability. Um, so I think the intersection is just, obviously, it's right there, right? Yep. It, they're the same thing in my life. Uncommon. Yeah. Amy Boyd, uncomfortable. <laughs> you can see why I wanted her on. The standard. The standard. The gold standard. <laughs> no. I, I would oh, also, goodness, like, no. I love those three things. But there's some, there's a word that just kind of came to my mind right now. It's like personal discipline. Yeah. Personal commitment. Right. And personal accountability. Like the behind the scenes. The behind the scenes of sure. the heart of that individual is like, I'm in. Like mm-hmm. those are the people, like the people who are like, I want accountability, but really what they want to do is just put you in a really bad spot because they're not going to do what they're going to say they're yes, going to do. Yes. Frick, please don't ask me to do this. Like right. you're making me a nag and you're the one who made me this nag. Like yeah. you asked me to hold you accountable, not me. I don't care. Like don't do it. But the fact that like you have personal discipline, personal accountability and personal like commitment is the reason why I think one reason that makes you uncommon, right? And I think those are all fruit of the spirit. I mm-hmm. really oh, yeah, do. 100%. Like, and I don't know if those are coming straight. Like, that is something that isn't natural for individuals to have. But from the spirit, it is natural because these are things that, like, only that we can do through Him. I think is yeah. super powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, like you say, owning those things, right? And so I preach that a lot to people. Like, I, I want you to own right. your journey. Right. Own. Ooh, that's good. Own your fitness. Own your spiritual life. Um, but then modeling that behavior is right. obviously extremely yeah. important. This is what I think is interesting about you, Amy. Not mm-hmm. to just blow your head up, Do but it. like, here we go. <laughs> like the fact that you take personal ownership and you sit in a leadership position, I think that excels you to the next level because you don't want to be duplicitous in your leadership. No. I don't want to be asking you to take personal accountability, personal discipline, and personal commitment if I haven't. Yeah. And like to me, that is the leader I'll follow all day. I'm in because they are living, breathing testimony of what they're asking me to do. And I think that's why you're successful or so successful as coaching. It's because you're not just sitting on the lawn chair like, yeah, do 75 burpees. It's like, no, I did. I did 85 burpees this morning. Yeah. Like, and I think you should do 75. And it it calls them to a higher level of like, I'm in, I'm in. and, And she cares enough about me to ask me to do this. So, yeah, and what's the core like of what you're saying is just authenticity, right? Yes. Like, and I think my sinfulness can come into play when I see that unauthenticity in people or in businesses or in social media or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, that I, that really rubs me raw, especially yeah. in the fitness industry. Right. Um, but I think that's why Keystone's been a good fit in our marriage too. Sure. Like extremely authentic leadership. Yeah. Um, Bart and I look for that in people because that's the type of 
people we want to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Going back to what you said just about encouraging your clients to like own, did you say own their journey? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's, it's so crucial if it's, if it's just you trying to pull them along, but they haven't really bought in, yeah. it's, like it's not going to last. So I'm curious, like one of our pillars is victorious vision. So mm. just casting that vision for the person you want to become, the life you want to live. How do you go about inspiring them to kind of cast their victorious vision for what their life could be? Yeah. I think this sounds really, really cliche. Cause we always talk about this in the fitness industry and you see it on the memes, but it's like, what's your why? What's your why? Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. it becomes just a thing that you say, but if you really think about that question at the, at the heart of that, that's your vision, right? So what is your reason for what you do, what you do? Why do you get up in the morning? Mm-hmm. You know, who are the person that you're trying to be? And I think if, if you know that vision, if you've got that vision in your mind, you know your reason why that's driving you there. I think that's huge. So my first step with a lot of people is like, okay, you want to hire me as your personal trainer. Why? I'm not a hairstylist. I'm not going to make you look like so-and-so that's a celebrity. Like that's Mm -hmm. not what we're shooting for here. Like really at the heart of what we're doing. Why do you want to work out? Yeah. You know, what's your expectations here? Yeah. Where are we going (laughs) with this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes the authenticity of me then and the honesty is like, nope, this, right, this isn't right. going to work. Yeah, like, well, you need to be I'm not vulnerable. That lady. Right. Yeah. I'm not that lady. Yeah. yeah. And they also have to trust me, right? Like you have to For trust sure. somebody to be vulnerable and authentic. And so right. there's a lot of, of relationship building. I would say 99% of my personal training clients I've had over a year and I go to weddings for them. Like yeah. they're my right. family because right. they're vulnerable and authentic and they're willing to share their visions with yeah. me. Yeah. Very I cool. want to unpack this because <clears throat> if you don't know Amy, you wouldn't know this, but I do. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> It's interesting. You have said this to me before. You say it's fascinating how many people open up to me so quickly. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I, I, I've come to realize I think that's a gift from God. Okay. Um, I did too. But sometimes I almost feel like it's a burden, right? And oh I, my here's gosh. what I mean. Yes. So like we had a challenge in our small group <laughs> to get to know a neighbor. Mm. Okay. Like literally your neighbors, not just the guy next to you at work, yeah, but not- like literally the guy next door. That's hard for me. And I'll tell you why. A, I have a tight schedule. Mm-hmm. No surprise there. <laughs> um, B, but like, I feel like when I talk to somebody, I say, hey, my name's Amy. It's like, I used to be an alcoholic for 10 years. And like, bleh, what? all what? the things yeah, come out. Right. And then what I felt like was going to be a short conversation turns into a life story. And then before yeah. I know it, like I'm invited over for dinner. Um, so there yeah. is space. And you've got a place to play in their new story. Like yeah. that's like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> So there's a space I have to create for that in my life and it has yeah. to be very purposeful. Right. And I'm a person that's like, read my face. You can tell everything I'm thinking right here. Yeah. So I have to also yeah. watch my emotions and right. just give God that moment to like glorify my gift in that moment and say, right. okay, people right. come are attracted to you and, and, and what you have to say for a reason. Mm-hmm. Be willing to give up that space and that time Gosh. to listen and be there for right. people. I love this story in the Bible where, I mean, Jesus is tired. And he's walking through the crowd and his disciples are like trying to like push everybody out. Yeah. And there's that one person that touches his cloak and he's like, who touched my cloak? And I, all his disciples are like, wait, come on. Like, yeah. Everyone. Every, <laughs> like, yes, like, yes. And yet he's still, and I know he's tired because it even says like the, like energy kind of got sucked out of him when that happened. He was like, I want to know who did that. Yeah. And I want to know about, it. you know, like he was still intentional with it, no matter what was happening and how tired he was. He's still yet 
I mean, he's, pe- he's a people guy, right? Yeah. Like, he is here for the people. Love your neighbor. And that's what he did. And that's what I feel like you do. It's like, okay, oh, like, let's jump in. All right. I I'm try, right but that's a sinful area for me too, for sure, that I have to continuously work mm. on is allowing for that time and space and not right. being selfish with that. Right. And also like everybody's tanks only so big, right? Yeah. Jesus had an endless tank. Like the rest yeah. of us, we definitely have a right, tank right. that lowers out and bottoms out. So yeah. like some days I feel like I start with half a tank as it is. Uh-huh. So then I also have to be mindful of the balance between like, I have to have some of that left for my family. Yeah. Right, you know, I can't right. pour all that into everybody else and then accept all their issues and problems yeah, and then yeah. also go home and deal with my teenage drama. Like yeah. there has to be some room for all of it. For sure. Yeah. What does it look like for you just to practice good rest? Like what do you like Ooh, to do for that? That's such a good question in an area that I struggle <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Um, my oh, no. sleep, my sleep stinks. It's not good. Um, I talk to a lot of people about, I say the word pillars a lot if you haven't noticed, but like, I feel like your life is held up by pillars and like my sleep pillars like crashed in on the floor. Okay. So my nutrition pillar has to be upright and strong. Uh-huh. So does my workout pillar, my spiritual pillar, because there's things that just are, <laughs> are not flat happening. on the ground. Right, right. Yeah. And some of that comes from a 4 a.m. wake up, well, 3.30 usually wake up to get to the gym. And then I got kids at practice till like 10 o'clock at night. So life is on both ends is pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> So rest as it comes with sleep is not really a thing in my life. That's fantastic right now. Mm. Um, So what that looks like with Bart and I a lot of times, like I'll say to him, hey, like we need to do nothing on Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. I need some time with you to just Mm -hmm. go R&R or we go on a date night or a midday date thing. He's good sometimes at saying like, hey, let's go to the arcade. And that's the last thing I want to do. The last thing I think about, we go and we have a great time together. So he's good at helping me pull back. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily good at doing it myself. It's something I'm working on. Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I got to ask now, like, what's the game of choice when you hit up the arcade? What are you guys playing? Ski ball. You know what's (laughs) annoying about him? It feels the same way. We actually talked about this the other night because we were there. But he's, like, annoyingly good at things he never does. (laughs) You that know? is Phil. Yeah. The weirder it is, he's I just a know. savant at it. It's so annoying. Or like, we'll play ping pong. And I'm like, you literally never play ping pong. And how do you know how to do this? <laughs> yes. But I did win at basketball a couple times okay. at the arcade. There so we let's go. just be honest. Yeah. <laughs> let's go the dab. I mean, twice. I won at the motorcycle game. And he used to have Ooh. a motorcycle. Ooh. What's going on, I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Yeah, but he, he helps me turn it off. That's awesome. Which is good. Yeah. I need to turn it off. That's so good. Okay, so how do our listeners get to know more about you, the company that you're doing? Like, how do they get a hold of you? Cool. So, because you have so much margin. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So much room for things. Uh, Ankeny Sports Performance is the gym that I run. Um, and then BA Fitness is my fit, my, my personal business. And both those things are on Instagram and Facebook. Easy to find. Uh, I throw my phone number, my phone number is on the the door of the business. So, 515 559 4185. Um, I find that people that come to me for personal training or group fitness right. a lot of times have other things that. too. Right. Yeah. So reach out that. for me, you know, whatever. Right. Cool. Yeah. cool. Good. Yeah. I have one more question if I yeah, may. You may. Just kind of a, it is like a victorious vision type question, but yeah. so like if you and Bart, if you kind of jumped ahead 30 or so years yeah. and you and Bart are sitting on. I don't know if you have a back porch or a deck or they do. It's amazing. Awesome. You're yeah. sitting on that amazing swing. porch, the swing, and you guys are kind of looking back on yeah. the years and everything God's done in regards to your marriage, your family, business, your faith. Like, what is what is one thing you feel like you guys are toasting to? 
Oh, that's such a good question. Ryan Garvey. It's not my own question. I, I wow. that question. That's a good one. <laughs> I think kids in healthy relationships that look like healthy adults right. yeah. that have faith as the foundation of those relationships would be huge. Yeah. Right. If we can get, you know, get through these years with my daughter's surviving into that lifestyle. I think that would be amazing because that's a hard vision for me to see. Right, right, right. see in the it's a good vision right now to be right now. So that, that would be the biggest thing up. is just our kids being successful in the way of relationships and yeah. how they form those relationships and healthy and happy people. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's it right yeah. there. Right. I'll t- I'll and then to that. I have no, no worries whatsoever about what our, our marriage will look like at that point. Awesome. Good. So, that's yeah. Yeah, that's for solid. That. Amen. That's, right. That's confidence Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. Okay, key takeaways. Key takeaways. Oh, boy. Um, Just having the importance of having a partner that is a rock to you, Mm -hmm. that you, um, that balances you, even as you shared with like Bart, like he helps you pull back um, from the, just the hectic, the hectic schedule and Mm -hmm. just that time for rest. Um, Because really like, yeah, it starts with your relationship with God and then it goes to your marriage and then that flows into creating that environment that you've created for your daughters to, you know, be able to share things with you and for you to be able to speak into their life. So, I mean, yeah, at the end of it, it's like, what is your intimacy with Christ look like? Cause yeah. everything's right. going to flow. Right. From everything that. does. Absolutely. Right. Key right. takeaway for you. Yeah. Good question. <laughs> so I think that when you see Amy Boyd, you see somebody who's thriving, right? And we've heard a little bit of it, but like what I appreciate about it is that thriving took a lot of work and personal discipline, personal accountability, and personal like commitment to doing that. Like it just didn't happen overnight. And I think a lot of people uh, in this day and age like to fall victim to, well, I just don't have the same lot as Amy does. Mm -hmm. And what you heard in this podcast is no, there's some like hard things that you're dealing with, yet you still take this time for personal growth. And, And then you have a husband that's right there to then Uh, serve you and then edify you and support you and whatever you want to do. And so for me, it's like, just again, go back to those three pillars, accountability, commitment, and discipline uh, for my personal walk and know that nobody else is going to care more about it than me. Mm -hmm. And in that, then you can start to thrive, but it's not something that just happens overnight. It's the discipline, the hard work day in, day out. That really is the catalyst of seeing somebody kind of put together, quote unquote. But at the end of it, like if you really talk to Amy, what you'll see is she's vulnerable. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm really struggling with where we're at with my daughters right now. And it's just hard because I care about them so much, yeah. right? Uh, and so, and then I also think just taking time for people no matter what is something that I see in Amy. So I think all these are a combination of like uncommon. For sure. And so Amy, you're a rock star. No, you're a superhero. Thank you. thank you for being on the show. And you've been listening yeah, to you. the Uncommon Podcast. Where I'm your host, Philip. I'm Ryan. Till next time, go be vulnerable. And-